Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, here to bring you the Falcons vs. Saints hate week, week 12 game preview. As I'm sure you guys uh, understand, you know, this week, Thanksgiving, tough to find guests to make it work in the schedule. A lot of people are traveling. A lot of people are over the place. So just going to be me for this one, but I think we'll be able to have a, a good good Saints guest lined up for uh, later in the season. So definitely look forward to that, folks. But for now, you're just going to have to deal with me talking about the Saints, which I'm sure will be just fine. Uh, we're going to get into this matchup, the implications. Obviously, we talked about it a lot uh, last time on Falcohawk Live, sort of how this game basically is is make or break for the Falcons playoff chances. If you're a believer in that still happening, uh, because if they beat the saints, there's actually a realistic chance of it happening. If they lose to the saints, there's not, uh, they're, they're going to need a miracle at that point. So, you know, this is really the Falcon season in a nutshell here. And it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game. Obviously the saints are not, uh, the juggernaut. They're not even really a good team at this point, but they do still have a good defense. And they have an offense that has produced at times. It's been very inconsistent, much like Atlanta's, uh, with a lot more invested in it. But, you know, uh, this is another flawed team, and, and the Falcons are very flawed as well. So it'll be two flawed teams going at it. But we know that these two teams, when they play each other, they're going to give each other their best shot. And I expect nothing less. Um, so we will get into this, get into the matchups, get into how the Falcons look in this one. I believe Atlanta's one-point favorite, so we'll see how they fare uh, in that regard. But going to be a tough game and, and a, an absolutely critical one for Atlanta's playoff chances. Before we dive in deeper, folks, want to bring you a quick word from our sponsor, betonline.ag, folks. The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and, and, and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. BetOnline.ag remains your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. You can get up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. And BetOnline is the top spot for everything involving pro and amateur sports. And it's not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access anytime for almost any sport that you could think of, any sport that's played whether that's MMA fighting, international soccer. They've got all kinds of stuff for you guys there. So what are you waiting for, folks? Head to that website, betonline.ag today. Just remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we'll also take a quick break here to bring you this week's prize picks. So we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome to this week's prize picks segment here on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. We've got a Thanksgiving slate of picks here for you on today's show. Like I mentioned on the Wednesday show, prize picks running a Thanksgiving promotion for Christian McCaffrey, getting more than a half yard rushing and receiving. So obviously we're going to go for that one uh, to basically act as like a free square. Uh, and then, of course, got to make two more picks here. You can also make between two and six of your own if you want to go with your own. I, I I like three. I think that's like the good mix of like enough winnings. You know, if you go for the three power play, you get five times, whereas it's just three times with the two. So going, you know, a little bit more risk for a little bit more reward there. So we'll see how that goes. But 
go with some different picks with Young Waku's injury. We're going to stay away from him this week just because I'm not sure if he's going to play. So instead, we're going to go with another Thursday game, going with uh, Washington running back Antonio Gibson, more than 15 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Gibson was crushing it in the receiving game before his injury. I think he had like 50 plus receiving yards in each of the last three games. He's gotten like six or seven targets. So Gibson is definitely a guy that's going to catch a lot of passes and 15 and a half is pretty low. Um, definitely much lower than like Bijan or even like Rashad White, who I was going with. His is in the thirties now. So definitely with this 15 and a half, it's a, it's a very achievable number for him, especially even if he's a little bit banged up still, um, you know, even if he's getting just a couple of dump off passes that 15 and a half receiving number, not very hard to break. And then for our Atlanta pick this week, we're going with Bijan Robinson more than 62 and a half rushing yards. We got Parker Hesse back. So to me, that, that means that the, the rushing attack is about to be completely unlocked. And the Saints actually not a great uh, run defending team this year. They're 23rd in yards per carry allowed. Now the Falcons haven't exactly lit up bad run defenses this year, but given that Bijan's been getting more involved in terms of carries, he had over 20 for the first time. Uh, in the last game, I think this this number is very, very achievable for him. Um, probably we won't see this this number be this low again for a little while, especially if he has a great week. So I'm um, going to go with Bijan here. He's probably the only player on the Falcons offense I really trust at this point. Uh, and him getting in this, you know, getting above 62 and a half rush yards seems pretty achievable to me. So um, that's my picks this week, guys. Just a quick reminder for those of you joining for the first time, prize picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick two to six players, decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And at prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. PrizePix also has a very generous promotion schedule. Like I mentioned, the Thanksgiving promotion, they also regularly do stuff on Tuesday called Taco Tuesday. And then they have Flex Friday as well, where you can get some promotional bets. So keep your eyes open for that. It's not just the NFL too. They've all obviously got the NBA going now, uh, MLB when that's going, NHL, PGA, college football, you name it. They've got it. And PrizePix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And they offer fast withdrawals. It's that easy. Guys, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB, you guys will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Just make sure if you're signing up to use that promo code DBB to make sure you get that instant deposit match. And notably, guys, PrizePix available in 31 states, including Georgia. Uh, so definitely check it out. I've had a lot of fun with it this season. And of course, thanks again to PrizePix for sponsoring the show. Welcome back to the Dirty Birds and Brews, Falcons versus Saints, Week 12 game preview, folks. A lot to get to in this one, and I'll just repeat some of the stuff we talked about on Falcoholic Live, which was that this is really a critical game for Atlanta's playoff chances, however you slice it, right? If they if they win this game against the Saints, they will take over the NFC South uh, immediately, thanks to tiebreakers, and they will also, of course, give the Saints that loss. So both these teams will be uh, be five and six. Atlanta will have the head-to-head and the better divisional record. They'll be perfect at three and zero in the division, uh, and Atlanta will take over first place. So they will be slotted into the playoffs as of week twelve with that win. It also matters for their long-term projection in terms of the playoff uh, chances. I believe Atlanta's chances with a win this week they increased to a respectable 39%. That That's not bad. That's actually pretty solid chance. Uh, it doesn't really take a miracle. You know, at that point, it's more than a one in, one in three chance there. Um, it does, the, the 
Falcons would basically control their destiny at that point. If they're able to win the games they need to win, they don't have to win out or anything like that, but they do need to probably win their division games and probably sweep the Saints to complete this this sort of playoff run. But that's not impossible. This is an easy schedule. We've talked about it a lot. And the Saints are far from this unbeatable team. You know, obviously we'll see how the Falcons actually look against them this week. But 39% chance, not not a bad shot at all. That That's pretty reasonable and, and a legitimate chance for the Falcons if they were able to pull this off. If they lose, that drops down to 10%. And that's really just because, you know, there's still a chance that whoever, that if the Saints win this game, they still collapse. They still play poorly. The Falcons play them again late in the season for a chance to sort of reverse the tiebreaker or, you know, get that head-to-head win and, and overtake them at the end. So, but again, that 10% is much less likely. That goes to one in 10 chance versus a one in three chance. Completely different story. And I think the Falcons are are definitely hoping to avoid that eventuality and just get this dub this week because not only is being the Saints an absolute necessity for Fal- for the Falcons to sort of reinvigorate the fan base. I mean, look, you guys know, like this, the fan base is at an all-time low this season coming off this three-game losing streak. We're going back to Desmond River, which I approve of, but it's like it feels like we just wasted a bunch of time there with the whole Taylor Heineke thing. Um, I guess you know the buzz is that oh, we wanted to give Ritter a reset and all this. I mean, I, I don't know. Like it, things are really stacking up negatively for this team. You know, we're going back to Ritter. I hope that that's the spark that this team needs. You know, Arthur Smith is talking about oh, we're going to use. Bijan Moore and all this and it's like well, why the hell weren't you using him you know earlier when we really needed to be winning these games but you know that notwithstanding it's 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 really put up or shut up time this is it like if you lose this game you're, you're done like there's no realistic chance of this team making the playoffs if they if they lose this game to the Saints and um how they've responded so far in these sort of must-win situations I mean we heard them talking about oh the Cardinals game is our Super Bowl and they botched that uh they botched the Vikings they botched the Titans so like you know they they haven't responded well in these must-win situations at all. Basically, through Arthur Smith's entire tenure in these situations where they had to win to keep their hopes alive, they've lost every time. So um, this would be a reversal from previous years if they're able to actually win this key game um, and actually give themselves hope. So we'll see if they can. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to pick the Falcons, spoiler alert, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, and it's mostly because the Saints are absolutely reeling from injuries and that's a great time to, to segue into checking out this this Saints injury situation, which, of course, features a lot of, of names, right? Um, a number of, of players for the Saints dealing with with significant injuries. You know, we're, we've seen wide receiver Michael Thomas, who has been far from, like, elite Michael Thomas this year, but still one of the starting receivers on the Saints. He was just placed on IR Quarterback Marshawn Lattimore is maybe expected to be placed on IR, but he's going to miss this game for sure. Um, and the Saints were also without running back Kendra Miller, who's been their backup running back, tight end Jimmy Graham, and both uh, offensive tackles, James Hurst and Ryan Ramchick. Uh, during Wednesday's practice, we haven't gotten Thursday's report yet at the time of recording, so I don't know how that's going to change. The one positive sign for them, Depending on how you slice this, Derek, Derek Carr was back to being a full participant on Wednesday, so it seems likely that he's going to clear the concussion protocol. If you ask me, I think that's better for the Falcons to play Derek Carr than Jameis Winston, who has traditionally given the Falcons fits. Uh, the Falcons have actually done pretty well against like pocket passers and veterans, and they've really struggled against guys in their first starts. That's been their kryptonite, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but I think they'll they'll fare better against Derek Carr than they would against Jameis Winston. Um, I'm sure we're still going to see a lot of Taysom Hill because the Saints are 
continuing to use him and the Falcons are awful at defending the quarterback run. So, um, you know, I do think we're going to see a lot of Taysom Hill in this game one way or the other, but you know, I, I think if going against Derek Carr is probably a better situation for this Falcons defense and they're going to, you know, not having to cover Michael Thomas, who traditionally tends to go off against this team. Um, that that's going to help because the saints don't have tremendous wide receiver depth at this point. Obviously Rashid Shahid ha- has come on and Chris Olave is nice. Uh, but you know, they're, they're sort of now getting into some of the deeper guys on, on that, in that group. And it's not been great so far, um, outside of the top three. Uh, so we're looking at probably like AT Perry, uh, starting and he's been okay. Um, I, I liked AT Perry coming out, but certainly not a guy that you're worried too much about. Um, so we'll see how, how that develops. But at this point, you know, the Saints offensive line has not been good either. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get into some of these matchups in this one. Um, before we, we dive into the specific matchups, did want to remind folks real quick that we have just launched channel memberships. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if for folks that are mostly video watchers, we wanted to offer something for you guys because the Patreon is mostly for the podcast in terms of the benefits. So if you're a frequent video watcher, if you're a live stream watcher, check out the channel memberships. Uh, the the tiers are basically identical to the Patreon. It's just video-centric stuff instead of Patreon. Um, so take a look at that. If you're interested, want to support the channel, want some some perks, some emojis, some some recognition, some shout-outs, uh, early access to videos, usually, you know, give or take 24 hours before uh, they, they launch on the channel. Uh, you'll get some early access if you want to see stuff sooner in the week, that sort of thing. Um, so check that out. If you're interested, we appreciate everyone who's already signed up, uh, and we're looking forward to, to meet more of you guys. Of course, it also gives you access to all the stuff the Patreon does in terms of like the fantasy leagues, the Q and a sessions, all that. Um, it just doesn't, you know, if you, so if you're already on the Patreon and you do mostly YouTube stuff, may want to consider switching. Um, if you're mostly a podcast listener, Patreon's probably what you would what would be better for you. Um, so whatever works for you, you don't need to sign up for both, uh, you know, unless you want both perks or you want to give us money twice, which, you know, I'm fine with that, but, um, this is not like an attempt to get people to give us money for multiple things. I just can't get Patreon and, and YouTube memberships to link up. That would be very convenient if we could just offer you one for both. But, uh, apparently that I'm sure it's intentional that they don't play well together. So sorry about that. Um, we're working on it to see if we can figure some some work around out. But for now, if, you, if you're more of a video person, the memberships would be for you. And if you're more of a podcast person, the Patreon's for you. Thanks to everyone once again for, for supporting us there. Um, let's dive into this, to this Saints offense, which right now um, is okay, right? Uh, they're, they're 18th in scoring, so a little bit below average, 13th in yardage, so a little bit above average. Um, they've been decent in terms of passing um they're 11th in passing yardage but they're third in passing attempts so they're really more like a little bit below average in terms of net yards per attempt passing um they've really struggled on the ground surprisingly um they're 22nd in rushing yardage and 30th in yards per carry with just 3.6 yards per carry on the ground and a lot of that has to do with that offensive line which is just not not playing well this year they've had to shuffle they they lost you know Teron Armstead uh, because they they said, oh, we don't need to pay him. You know, he's hurt anyway, which, you know, fair, but they they haven't really found anyone to replace him. Trevor Penning has been a big liability. Uh, Ryan Ramchick's still a great right tackle. He may not play this week. Uh, James Hurst, they've had to slot in at left guard because they're having issues with their guard depth as well. The one bright spot other than Ryan Ramchick has been the center, 
Uh, Eric McCoy, I think, has been having a pretty good year. He's he's definitely uh, bounced back after a couple of sort of mediocre years the last couple. Um, I think McCoy at center has has been a guy that they have have hit on. I think he's he's done a good job, but struggles as a pass blocker, really good run blocker. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But right now, the Saints are looking at starting like Andrews Pete at tackle. Um, you know, if Ryan Ramchick has to miss time, then it's probably Trevor Penning coming in at right tackle. That has not been good for them so far. So this is a pretty banged up Saints offensive line. And, you know, James Hurst at, at left guard has also not practiced this week. So they might have to find another guard to step in there. Um, and then, of course, Cesar Ruiz has has been pretty much a bust for them um, from their first round pick. Uh, they tried to play him at center. Didn't really work out at guard now. Not really working out either. Um we talked about the receivers, you know, Chris Olave, good, obviously. Rashid Shahid, I think, has, has definitely come on for them as their deep threat. Um, <clears throat> but without Michael Thomas, they're basically hoping A.T. Perry can step into that role. And he's been decent, but hasn't done a whole lot yet. He's been mostly a game day inactive. Um, and then after sort of a, a nice year last year, uh, tight end Jawan Johnson hasn't really been able to replicate that. Um, he's not been good this year. He's been a poor blocker, as you might expect, for a converted receiver and uh, has just not been able to really make an impact. So the tight end position for the Saints has has definitely taken a hit. You know, they've sort of lost a lot of their tight ends. Um, they've allowed them to walk, essentially. You know, they, they, they let Adam Troutman walk. They haven't really, you know, Taysom Hill, I guess, is the guy, but he's mostly just a, a gadget player, a guy that's going to come in and, and do some weird stuff at quarterback. You know, Jimmy Graham is, is not <laughs> Jimmy Graham of the past. He's simply just not that much of a of a option, you know, Foster Moreau, I think has been decent when called upon. Um, but yeah, not great there. So in terms of the saints passing game, you know, you, you probably like the Falcons matchups in this one, you know, with, with no Michael Thomas, that's a guy that Terrell, Terrell has traditionally struggled with, you know, he, he struggles against those big physical receivers. Um, you know, like you have to think he's probably going to be matched up on like Chris Olave in this one. Um, and that'll be a great battle, but I, I like Terrell against Olave better than I liked him against Mike Thomas. And then Jeff Akuda is probably matching up against the size of A.T. Perry. And I, I, I like that matchup, too. I think Akuda is going to be able to handle that without too much trouble. And then D. Alford versus Rashid Shahid in the slot, I think, is a really good one to watch. But it's it's good that they have D. Alford back because he's been arguably their best corner, which is crazy to say considering the other two guys they have. But, um, you know, I, I, I think you, know, you like the way the Falcons secondary matches up Jesse Bates as well. And the, the Saints don't really have that difference-making tight end to take advantage of Richie Grant and coverage, which... Richie Grant is is not it. Um, I'm I'm pretty convinced at this point that there's just he's not gonna he's not gonna be the starter past this year. Um, you know we'll see if he's brought back as anything more than depth, but he's just way too inconsistent. Um, doesn't play with a lot of discipline, misses a lot of tackles. Uh, you know he does have some splash plays, which is nice, but I I do wonder if at some point we might see more Micah Abernathy. Um, or, or some other guys get shots for the Falcons, you know, maybe, maybe DeMarco Helms gets some more run, but you know, Helms more of a box guy. So he's a little bit more limited in what they can do with him and coverage on the back end. And, and, you know, obviously safety, probably something that we're going to see the Falcons address in the draft or free agency this year, even though they just added Jesse Bates, who's great. But, um, looking at the, the matchups up front, you, you certainly, you know, Eric McCoy has been great at, at run blocking, but the Saints, ultimately still haven't been able to run the ball well at all. Uh, and even without Grady Jarrett, I think this is definitely still a place where the Falcons could take advantage. David Onyemata is going to be back this week. Um, he's been practicing. That's great news. This is a very beatable interior that may also be down one of their starters as well. 
Um, and then Calais Campbell probably going to be playing more inside, obviously, with Jarrett's injury. So we'll see. But I, I do like those matchups. You know, the Fal- even if Ryan Ramchick is, is out, you know, Trevor Penning, I mean, the Falcons really haven't been able to take advantage of, of backup tackles because their pass, their edge pass rush is just really bad. Um, so we'll, we'll see if they are able to, to benefit from that at all. I mean, it can't hurt, obviously. You know, the fact that Carr is not able to evade the pressure as well as some of these running quarterbacks, maybe that leads to the Falcons having some more success there. But, you know, Bud Dupree, Arnold Abacady, Lorenzo Carter, those guys haven't really been it so far. Um, so we'll see if, if they can maybe have a little bit more success this week against those guys. But moving on to the Saints run game again, like the Falcons have defended the run very well. And this Saints rushing attack has not been good. I mean, it's been mostly dump offs to Kamara in the passing game. That's That's been sort of how they're running. That's been more of how they've done things. Um, and that's obviously still very dangerous. Kamara is definitely healthy and back to his, his old ways. He's going to catch a lot of passes. He's going to be dangerous with the ball. But in terms of straight up running, they just haven't done a great job. And I think the Falcons defense matches up pretty well in that regard. They've, and you know, the Falcons have good linebacker play against the run. Um, you know, the corners tackle well against the run. Uh, they don't have to deal with the threat of the running quarterback. I think that will help the run game as well. So that's a that's a side of the ball where I think the Falcons definitely have an advantage where they're probably going to be able to to keep the Saints running game in check. It's more the dump offs out of the backfield and and Taysom Hill doing weird stuff that is going to be the the issue. And um, we'll see how big of an issue it is. But at this point, I, I've I have a lot of confidence in the Falcons there. Um, moving on to the Falcons offense versus the Saints defense. This, this is still a very good Saints defense. It's not anywhere near as good as it was in its heyday. They're vulnerable up front like they haven't really been in years past. You know, the Saints still still decent against the pass. Um, you know, I would say good against the pass, right? They're, they've, I think they're eighth in passing yardage allowed, seventh in net yards per attempt. So in terms of yardage, pretty good. They have allowed actually a decent amount of, t- of touchdowns. I think they're like 16th in touchdowns allowed. Um, and they've gotten a lot of picks. So that could be uh, something that, you know, comes into play with Desmond Ritter starting. I mean, he hasn't thrown as many picks lately. It's more been the fumbles with Ritter. It's more maybe Heineke that was throwing the picks now. But, um, you know, we'll see if that becomes a factor. That's been sort of the Falcons' Achilles' heel. But in terms of the run defense for the Saints, that has not been anywhere near as good uh, as it's been in years past. In fact, it's been pretty vulnerable. Uh, Saints are 20th in rushing yardage allowed, and they're 23rd in yards per carry allowed at over 4.3. And again, you know, uh, Parker Hesse going to be back and active this week, according to Arthur Smith. So maybe that's something that really helps this run game. You know, the tight end blocking has really not been on point. Maybe Parker Hesse's return helps them a lot in that regard. Um, and, you know, we've heard that Bijan's going to be more involved. So hopefully this all comes together for a dominant run rushing performance, because I don't think the Falcons are going to have a ton of success through the air against the Saints defense. They're, they're still good at rushing the passer. They're they're still good up front, especially on the edge. You know, Cam Jordan's still good. Carl Granderson has really come on as their secondary edge rusher. You know, the Tano Passignon is, is Tano Passigno, I, I guess is how you say it. Um, you know, he's been solid as well, um, mostly as, as a run defender, but um, you know, it, they, they've got some guys there that, that, that front is still pretty dangerous where they're a lot less reliable has been sort of, in terms of the interior, they just really don't have the guys there anymore. They lost a lot um, to free agency and their first round pick, Brian Brzee. He has not 
come on much this year, which is not surprising if you heard me talk about Brazil at all. He was always a guy that I thought was going to need time. Um, but he's basically been a liability there, particularly against the run. Um, they do have a pretty good nose that, you know, they've got some, they've got some guys, I think, you know, Kalen Saunders as their nose tackle has been solid. Right. But other than that, you know, Nathan Shepard has been a liability against the run decent against the pass, obviously. And then Malcolm Roach, I think has been a good contributor against the run as well, but you know, they sort of have to decide if they want to play the run or the pass because they don't really have two way guys that, that are good at both. They're, they're basically vulnerable in one way or the other. So, um, you know, if I was a guessing, if I was someone who's a betting man, I would say that they're probably going to load up to stop the run and try to for- force the Falcons to pass. But, you know, we'll see if that makes any difference because they just really haven't stopped the run well. So, you know, hopefully the Falcons are prepared. We know they're going to have a lot of blitzing. We know the linebackers are good. So we'll see uh, how this goes in, in terms of that matchup. But, you know, the, the Saints without Marshawn Lattimore, obviously they're going to be more vulnerable on the outside. Um, you know, we'll see who gets to start out there. I, I think, PFF expects it to be like Isaac Yedem. Um, you know, he could be out there. I know like Jordan Howden has played a fair amount for them. You know, maybe Elante Taylor, who's been their slot. Maybe he kicks out more. We'll see. Uh, but Paulson Adebo, you know, one of my guys from the draft that I was pretty mad that the Saints got, he's been really good this year. So he's, he's going to basically be their number one corner. Um, so this may not be a Drake London week, right? If, if Adebo is matched up against him, but um, you know, we'll see who draws the start opposite Adebo in this one. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the Saints do have Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. Neither one are playing anywhere near the height of their powers. Marcus May, in particular, has not been particularly good this year. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see who ends up, you know, they're, they're vulnerable. You know, maybe this could be a potential Kyle Pitts game, right, if they actually throw it to him. Um, so we'll see. But, yeah, in terms of, in terms of how the Falcons attack this Saints defense, it's going to be on the ground. You know, I think that the best way for the Atlanta to, to beat the Saints is to run the ball well. I mean, that's probably the best way for them to beat any team. They just have been very inconsistent at doing it this year. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do hope that the Falcons can get a little bit more consistently consistency on the ground. Uh, in this game, maybe the Parker Hesse return helps there. Maybe, um, you know, the going to... Bijan Robinson helps more as well. Um, but yeah, at, at this point, you know, it's just, it's hard to trust this passing game. Um, you know, Drake London still, still reliable, but they're just, they're, they're making Kyle Pitts play inline tight end, which is really stupid. So I hope they change off of that. You know, you, you have, you would think that the Falcons match up favorably on the offensive line against the Saints defensive line. But again, they've tended to really play down to their opponent on the offensive line. Um, you know, the Cardinals were not a great pass rush and they gave up tons of pressure to Taylor Heineke and even got him hurt. Well, he, they didn't get him hurt. I mean, Heineke decided he was going to dive head first, uh, you know, and, and that's what got him hurt. So really wasn't the offensive line's fault on that one. But, um, you know, you have to think that, that this is a game where the Falcons are going to ground and pound it and hope to take their shots where they can. Hopefully Ritter is, is prepared, uh, cause he's going to see pressure. He's going to see blitz. Um, but I, I do think this is a, it's a good defense, but it's a beatable one, particularly on the ground. And that's where the Falcons are probably going to need to succeed to win this. Um, and ultimately it, I think it's going to come down to the defense again. Like is the defense just toast after losing Grady Jarrett? Like, cause they've, they've looked much worse since losing Grady Jarrett, like, like, like drastically worse. Um, is that just a crushing blow that they can't overcome? 
Um, or, or are they going to be able to rebound after the bye week, maybe get a little bit more consistency? Um, you know, that's sort of a big question in this one, but I do think this is a low scoring, ugly game. Um, you know, I think that both defenses are probably going to play well in this one, but I think the Falcons rushing attack is maybe going to be the difference maker here. I, I, I got a feeling that maybe Bijan could have like his best day as a Falcon this week, um, just has, you know, gets the carries with Parker Hesse back. Maybe there's more consistency with the blocking. He's getting all these yards. He's getting more work in the passing game. Um, and the offense as a whole maybe doesn't have an explosive day through the air, but is able to get enough there. Um, and, and maybe the, the, the red zone offense gets a little bit better too. I mean, that would be refreshing, right? But ultimately I think this is like a 20 to 17 Falcons win, like some, an ugly game, low scoring game, the Falcons sort of squeak it out and, and keep the, keep the hopes for the season alive. Um, but you know, this is just the first step too. like, they beat the Saints here. I think some, I think, you know, we'll have some hope fans will be happy, obviously to beat the Saints, no matter what that Arthur Smith will buy himself a little bit of, of space here. Uh, but they'll need to finish, you know, we can't just beat the Saints and then fall back into being a terrible team again. So, you know, they, after this game, obviously they, they've got some stuff coming up. Um, they're going to have to find a way to to get some wins over these next few weeks, right? They, they go to New York to play the Jets. We know the Jets have that great defense, but the quarterback situation there is just absolutely disastrous. You know, they're going to Tim Boyle, who may be one of the only quarterbacks worse than Zach Wilson, um, because I guess they've decided that they're just not going to even try uh, to, to, to upgrade the quarterback position. Um, then they play the Buccaneers at home. Then they go to play the Panthers. So like if you beat the saints, you know, I think there's a chance you could, you could go into that Panthers game or you could leave that Panthers game on like a three and one sort of thing. You know, I think the most difficult game in that stretch is probably the saints, but if they beat the saints that maybe they, maybe they, they don't sweep the Buccaneers, but again, the bucks are pretty beatable as well. So we'll see, but you know, I think if they go into that Colts game in week 16, you know, basically back towards 500, right? Um, I think if they go three and one, they'll, they'll be right at seven and seven. Um, that's a good setup for them and, and we'll give them a chance to, to finish strong and potentially make the playoffs. And, you know, more than likely they're going to have to close out the season with that sweep of the saints to, to make the playoffs. Um, but we'll have to see how the rest of the season season shakes out. Um, and again, you know, given that this team is coming off a three game losing streak, I, I'm not sold on them being consistently better. They're going to have to prove it, but beating the saints this week it would go a long way towards that, obviously. So here's to hoping, um, you know, so I, I hope, I hope they do. I hope they figure it out, but we'll see how this one goes guys. Uh, because it's, it's going to be probably an ugly game. I hope the Falcons come out on top. I always hope the Falcons beat the saints and I'm going to have the Falcons beating them per my picks. Um, but yeah, I, I don't expect it will be pretty. Um, I just hope that they find a way to get it done. Like they haven't been able to the last several weeks, but guys, thank you so much for tuning into dirty birds and brews in our game preview this week. Uh, Let's beat the Saints. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Please like, subscribe for watching on YouTube. Leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. Today's show is, of course, brought to you by Bet Online and Prize Picks. We will see you guys on Sunday for that post-game show, breaking down Hate Week, uh, Hate Week Part One. So, guys, thank you so much for watching. We will see you next time on Dirty Birds and Brews. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, we will see you next time. Have a great day, folks.